All the examples of the Old Testament are given to us to encourage us in the way of God. In Genesis chapter 39, we see the story of Joseph, who was 17 years old and sold into slavery by his brothers who envied him. The Ishmaelites took him down into Egypt, and he was sold to Potiphar, who was the captain of Pharaoh's guards. This is a remarkable story, for by it we can receive great encouragement that God will take care of his elect, of us, the church, who are born again by the Spirit of God and follow God by his Holy Spirit. Genesis chapter 39, we pick up the story with Joseph being sold into slavery. Verse 1. And Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him out of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down thither. And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. Already this is a miracle story. Here is Joseph, 17-year-old kid, had nothing. His mother was dead. His brothers had deceived him and caught him and trapped him and for envy had sold him into slavery. He's brought down into Egypt with nothing, 17-year-old kid with nothing, just the clothes that he was wearing. And it says, God was with him, and he was a prosperous man. Verse 4, And Joseph found grace in the sight of Potiphar, the Egyptian who owned him. And Joseph served Potiphar. And Potiphar made him overseer of his house, a 17-year-old kid, and all that he had put into his hand. And it came to pass from the time that he had made him overseer in his house and over all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. And Potiphar left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he knew not aught he had, save the bread which he did eat. And Joseph was a goodly person and well favored. Verse 7, And it came to pass after that, his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph, and she said, Lie with me. But he refused, and said unto his master's wife, Behold, my master left everything with me in the house, and he hath committed all that he hath to my hand. There is none greater in this house than I, 
neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee, because thou art his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Verse 10. And it came to pass, as she spake to Joseph day by day, that he hearkened not unto her to lie by her or to be with her. And it came to pass about this time that Joseph went into the house to do his business, and there was none of the men of the house there within. And she caught him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. And he, Joseph, left his garment in her hand and fled and got him out. And it came to pass when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and was fled forth, that she called unto the men of the house and spake unto them, saying, See, he hath brought in an Hebrew unto us to mock us. He came in unto me to lie with me, and I cried with a loud voice. And it came to pass when he heard that I lifted up my voice and cried, that he left his garment with me and fled and got him out. And she laid up his garment by her until his Lord came home. And she spake unto him according to these words, saying, The Hebrew's servant, which thou hast brought unto us, came in unto me to mock me. And it came to pass, as I lifted up my voice and cried, that he left his garment with me and fled out. And it came to pass, when his master heard the words of his wife, which she spake unto him, which were lies against Joseph. And she said, After this manner did thy servant to me, that his wrath, Potiphar's, was kindled. Verse 20. And Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were bound. And he was there in the prison. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison, and whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. And the keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand, because the Lord was with Joseph. And that which he did, the Lord made it to prosper. Everywhere this kid went, God caused him to prosper. And they saw it. Those Egyptians recognized this gift from God that Joseph was prospering everywhere. And it was God doing it. Later, God made a way for Joseph to become second in charge of the whole kingdom because God gave Pharaoh a dream and nobody could interpret the dream. But God arranged for 
one of Pharaoh's servants to be in the prison, and he knew that Joseph could interpret dreams because he had seen it. And he told Pharaoh that this Hebrew boy in prison could interpret dreams. So Pharaoh sent for Joseph. Pharaoh is the king of the whole country. He sent for Joseph. He told Joseph the dream. Joseph, through God, interpreted the dream. Pharaoh put Joseph in charge of the kingdom of Egypt because Pharaoh saw the wisdom that God had given Joseph. And he said, there's none wiser than you are, so I'll put you in charge. And Joseph ruled over the whole kingdom of Egypt, second to Pharaoh. The dream came to pass. There was a great famine. Joseph's brothers came down to Egypt to buy food. Joseph recognized them, but they didn't recognize him. Joseph ended up bringing the entire nation of Israel down to Egypt. There were about 70 people in the group that came into Egypt. When they left 400 years later, there were half a million men that Moses brought out of Egypt, Hebrew men. God had made them to multiply. In the meantime, here comes Joseph's dad, Israel, into Egypt. And Joseph makes a place for his father and all his brothers, the brothers who had sold him into slavery. He makes a place for them in the land of Goshen. And he tells them, tell Pharaoh that you are sheep herders, cattle herders. You watch after cattle because the Egyptians hate shepherds. And that way, Pharaoh will keep you separate from the other people. And during the entire famine, the nation of Israel was saved from the famine because Joseph was in a position as ruler, second to Pharaoh, over the land of Egypt, and he had plenty of food to sustain the nation of Israel. All of the brothers who had sold him into slavery, Joseph sustained as second in command to Pharaoh. In Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, Joseph said to his brothers, But as for you, ye thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good. God turned it unto good to bring to pass, as it is this day, to save much people alive. No matter what they do to us, God can turn it to good. I have a story that I think is astounding. A young man became angry with me at one point in time, and he hoped to get me in trouble with IRS. Now, all United States people will know how fearful that is, but what it is, it's the Internal Revenue Service, which are the tax collectors. He thought maybe they would audit me. He turned me in to them hoping to get them to audit me, to do me harm. But God is going to turn this into a, a miracle, miraculous good on my behalf. The two IRS agents came to my house 
rang the doorbell, I went to the front door, and one of the agents had a clipboard in his hand, and he said the name of the man who had turned me in that was mad at me. And I said, no, I'm Joan Boney. And he looked embarrassed because he didn't mean to tell me that this man had turned me into the IRS. And he said, oh, oh, well, okay. And they came into my house to investigate me. And I said to them, it was a man and a woman IRS agent, and I said to them, now look, if there's anything wrong at all, it's simply a mistake. It was not intentional, and I will give you a check for anything you tell me. And you can have all of my council checks to take with you when you leave today so that you can investigate me. The woman was shocked, and she turned to the man and said, Did you hear that? She said we could have all of her council checks. Well, I gave them the council checks, and they went away. About two weeks later, they contacted me and the man who was one of the investigators, and I said, well, did you find anything wrong? And he said, well, no, no, we didn't. And he said, but there is one thing I want to ask you about. He says, you don't pay Social Security taxes as the ministry. And I said, no, we don't, because I gave him all of the information, all of the cancel checks for the ministry, as well as my personal banking. And he said, you don't, you're, the ministry doesn't pay Social Security tax on you. I said, no, when we started in 1979, there was an IRS retired agent who set up all the tax work for the ministry as a nonprofit corporation. And if I, as the minister, signed a vow of poverty, then the ministry didn't have to pay Social Security tax on me, but I would never be able to receive Social Security benefits. So I signed a vow of poverty, even though the tax man didn't want me to do that because it meant I could never get Medicare and I could never get uh, Social Security later on in life. But I signed a vow of poverty, which exempt us from paying Social Security taxes. He said, well, that tax man never filed that vow of poverty with the IRS, which means if you want to buy back into the Social Security program, you can do so. And I said, oh, yes, I would like to do that. We have plenty of money now. We didn't have money when we started out, but we have plenty of money now that I can afford to buy back into the program. So he told me how much it was, several thousand dollars, I don't know, maybe 5000 and I paid him, instantly wrote out a check for the amount, gave it to him. That put me back into Social Security. About 10 years later, I fell and broke a hip. If I had not gotten back into Social Security when I did, I would have had any medical insurance. No telling how much that cost at the hospital. I was in surgery for the broken hip. They put me in a rehabilitation hospital for one month. They paid everything. It cost me nothing. I had a supplemental insurance policy, but they paid everything. I, I didn't have any bill at all that I was billed for. I wouldn't have had that if it hadn't been for this young man turning me into IRS. 
because I've been told when I signed that vow of poverty, now you can never go back. You can never be in Social Security again. But then he didn't, the tax man didn't file it with the IRS. So the IRS says you can come back in if you want to pay this amount. And then it became very important as I went along because I had some other hospitalization due to falls. Also, the IRS began paying me a very small amount per month when I reached the age of 62. I think it was 500 a month. That amount grew to 800 a month through the years. I was able to live off the $800 a month, my personal needs, so I didn't have to take any salary from the ministry. So the past 20-plus years, I've taken no salary at all from the ministry. I've lived off that Social Security money, which is a total miracle. All of this happened because this one man who was angry with me hoped to gain revenge against me, and he turned me into IRS for them to audit me. He meant it for evil, but God turned it for good, just like he did with Joseph. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you today.